Welcome to Campus Life, the college half of our flagship pod here at Campus to Canton. As always, this is Austin. And this is Colin. Colin, you uh, you were checking in from the uh, the sidelines to Penn State game this weekend, huh? Giving us uh, some updates there. Uh, how, how was the the cold, wet uh, experience at the whiteout? It was good. It was great, actually. Uh, the weather was really nice on Friday. And then Saturday was terrible all day. It was just kind of like misted during the game, though. So it wasn't like a total downpour. So it wasn't like awful to sit through. So it was good. Good game. Were they giving uh, out Penn ponchos? State manhandled them. They were not. No. Oh, they showed the crowd and like everybody was wearing them. So I don't know if they were like selling them for two bucks or something at the door or giving them uh, away or something like that for the whiteout so that everyone still was wearing white. Not that I am aware of. I brought my own. Um, I bought one of the deluxe ponchos from Dick's the week before. So. Of course you did. Yeah. They were white what made, already. What makes it so deluxe? Perfect. It snaps on the side. It's got like a hood, but not one, but a bit an appropriate hood. You know what I mean? It's got like a rounded top and you can like pull the drawstrings on it. <laughs> an appropriate hood. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, an appropriate hood for an all white uh, poncho. Yeah, I guess that makes sense there. Um, <laughs> good. Well, I'm glad, you know, it, it was, it was Colin's birthday recently. So mm-hmm. that was, that was Colin's mm-hmm. trip. So it was, um, by the way, my wife did tell me uh, the day before your birthday to tell you that she said happy birthday. I did not pass along that message. So that's okay. I, I a hundred percent believe that. Um, so I, I accept Kelsey's happy birthday now. How many days later and that's okay yeah. so you know you people get the message when i remember i think that's that's uh, a pretty good way uh, to put it there so yeah that's fair yeah um all right well i think this was what i think the most ranked matchups in a week yeah. since 2006 i believe is what i saw this stat. there were six mm-hmm. ranked matchups plus fsu clemson uh which it's a little weird that clemson wasn't ranked like i know they lost to duke yeah, but it wasn't a blowout. They kind of shot themselves in the foot in that game, and then they were undefeated. Other than that, and they played Florida State pretty close. Like I feel like they're a better team than Colorado. Like I don't know why Colorado is ranked, but they're not. I don't know. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Either way, uh, but it was a pretty it was a pretty packed slate. I think. I mean, it was a pretty typical week of college football. I don't know that it was you know anything crazy, um, but some games that definitely lived up to the billing overall. Uh, we do have. A couple of things to talk about, uh, a lot of injuries this week, so we do want to get uh, kind of into our first real injury discussion of the year because we haven't been doing that segment at all. Um, real quick, before we start the show here, guys, just make sure you're checking into the tailgate 10 a.m. to 12 every Saturday uh, on our uh, YouTube channel and on the Better Sports uh, YouTube channel as well. Um, check out uh, all the other shows here on the podcast feed. I guarantee you we've got something uh, we've got a whole, we've got two CFF shows, one for waivers, one for start sits. We've got um, Can't Bound the NFL show. We've got Campus to Cashing as a DFS program. Um, just quite frankly, a Debbie debate and back to Debbie. A lot of different shows on there, the official uh, covering in-season recruiting. So uh, basically giving you all the information that you need uh, for your C2C, CFF, Debbie leagues. Uh, and then uh, now that the season's getting started, it's starting to get a little colder. How about you head over to, uh, to Home Field Apparel there? Uh, and I was uh, wearing my shirt this weekend. Were you? Your national mm-hmm. championship shirt? I was. Um, now, when I was in the, the Letterman's Lounge at the Beaver Stadium, I did have my like 
pullover on because it was cold. So I didn't get to show it off appropriately, but I should have bought the new sweatshirt sure. that was out. Uh, it was the, I think the, it was the Rose Bowl from the 80s. I can't remember which one it was. 85, I want to say, maybe. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head, and I feel like a bad fan. But yeah, you yeah. are. Um, I should have bought one of the sweatshirts off of there instead. It's true. It's true. Promo code Campus to Canton. That's what we're going to tell you. Promo code Campus to Canton. 15% off for any first-time purchasers. Uh, week four... Uh, discussion notes here, Colin. We have a couple of topics. Um, I think the first one that I want to touch on is some of these freshman running backs that are starting to pick up uh, market share on their own squads and kind of take over backfields. You know, we said a lot this offseason that this wasn't a particularly strong running back class overall. I still think, um, I don't think our opinions changed on that fact at all, quite frankly. Um, you know, I think it's kind of exactly where we thought. And we did get a lot of people asking this offseason, who is this year's Quinchon Judkins? Who is this year's Raheem Sanders? We said uh, pretty consistently as a group there wasn't one. And I think we've been accurate, even though um, you know some of these guys are breaking out. I don't think they're Judkins-level players or Rocket Sanders-level players or um, even like Devin Neal-level uh, players. But there are three lower ranked freshman running backs who were all in our freshman guide who have uh, started to kind of consolidate their, their backfields. And I want to start with Darius Taylor, who's at Minnesota. Um, this is a fun one because this backfield for CFF purposes is extremely valuable. Um, pretty much any running back who's passed through here over the past uh, five to seven years or so with this stat, you know, even before the staff has, uh, generally performed very, very well. They like to have a guy that that kind of carries the load. Uh, it sounds like they've found that guy in Taylor, who over the past three games has gone 33, 22, and 31 carries in those games, 193, 138, and 198 uh, total yards, four touchdowns in those games. Uh, not a ton of receiving work, six catches in three games, uh, but not no receiving work either. Um, this is a kid that's listed over 200 pounds. Uh, I believe, uh, he probably has the frame to kind of get above that 210 that we want to see, um, solid athlete, you know, better athlete than I think the guys have come before him. Um, I mean, he's a pretty big buy right now, Colin, you know, exactly in terms of CFF, Debbie, et cetera. Like what kind of value are we looking at with a kid like Taylor? Man, that's really tough because Taylor is so young and he's, I don't see him leaving that Minnesota system. Like sometimes we talk about younger players who look really good in a, at a bad team, um, like a Jalen Buckley. He looked pretty good the past couple of weeks when he plays G five opponents. I could see a guy like that, maybe transferring up a little bit, but Darius Taylor, not a guy that I see transferring anywhere. So I think he's going to be locked and loaded at Minnesota for a while. Um, you know, at least another two years after this year, maybe three. So there's a ton of CFF production there. And then what do we have on top of that? Debbie wise, I'm still not sure if he's a, I still don't think he's a great athlete. Um, he's got a little bit of time, you know, you can improve that a little bit as you get into like a college strength and conditioning program. So maybe he improves that. Um, maybe we see some more out of the, him in the passing game. 
So I could see him having some Debbie value. Feels like maybe like a day three guy at this point, a fifth, sixth rounder. So he'll probably make an NFL roster. So he, I think he's going to be pretty high in my rankings when I finish the uh, the overhaul that I'm planning on doing this whole week, which uh, we'll have a segment on that a little bit later. Spoiler alert. But I think he'll end up being pretty high for me. I think you're actually already underselling a little bit of what he can be. And I, I think it's too early to tell. So I don't want to just hop in and say, well, yeah, I think he's this is a guy that, um, you know, has this kind of potential and I expect, you know, him to go in round two or, or something like that. You know, I think it's just, it's really, really early. He didn't have great athletic testing. Like you said, Mm -hmm. Uh, he, according to our numbers is a 26th percentile athlete overall. Um, His best score was speed, which was 38th percentile. So not great. Uh, His athletic comps on the athletic comparison tool uh, that goes through our, our whole database over at C2C um aren't they're not particularly uh remarkable or notable or uh even nfl caliber players so uh, i do think that's notable um in terms of long-term output but running backs also kind of a position where you don't necessarily need to be a great athlete um i think when we wrote his his uh profile up uh david wrote it this year and he did mention uh you know kind of lack of uh functional strength as a player, I do think that putting on some of the weight, like he's already uh, starting to work toward that. Um, I think he's looked really good for them. And I mean, again, it is probably a system that kind of elevates uh, the player a little bit, but I do think it's telling that as a true freshman, they've already kind of turned it over to him when uh, at least from like the outside looking in, uh, they had some options. I don't know. You know, Sean Tyler was not good to start the year. I think some of our, like everybody's quite not our like you and me but like everybody's questions about is he too small um may have may have kind of panned out there um but they also had zach evans there uh different zach evans who i don't think is a bad player either so for him to kind of jump a bunch of these guys uh in quick succession this quickly tells me that he's probably a pretty good player i was uh i'm not gonna even say probably i was definitely too low on him i've got him up in the top 40 or so at the running back position. And even that's probably still a little bit too low. I should probably bump them up a couple of spots. I have a hard time with some of those kind of like low Debbie slash like high CFF options at running back. Like how do I uh, parse that out? I'm struggling with that, but I do think that he's, I, I, I'm, I I don't want to say all in. I'm definitely not all in, but I think he's certainly a buy. And I don't think like, I think he's going to be expensive to buy today. But I think if you let this happen for the rest of the season, he's going to be valued essentially as Rasheen Ali has been. Does that seem off to you? And that was a guy that sometimes in startups was going in like the fourth, fifth, sixth round, depending on how uh, CFF focused or inclined your league is overall. Yeah, no, that that feels about right uh, in that Rasheen Ali range, a guy that you know, I think the, the thing that Rashina Lee has over uh, Taylor is Rashina Lee's past game work. And then obviously Taylor has, you know, going to Minnesota instead of Marshall over him. So there's a little bit of give and take on both of those guys. But that feels like a pretty solid range. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so, too. I think even if you don't want to value him as a deputy piece at all, you know, I think mm-hmm. that that's the range yeah. that you start. Yeah. Uh, approaching. I'm trying to think of like other guys that have been in that range over the past couple of years. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, I, I, Lou Nichols, I know that, yeah. but I, again, you know, you kind of run into that power five G five uh, thing. I mean, I guess, I guess a guy that you could look at was his predecessor. Um, yeah. Who, uh, Mo Ibrahim, scouting who, the helmet much, dude, come on. Well, if we're talking system, I mean, isn't that the, <laughs> the player you want to compare him to the guy that, that played in the same system? I think it's hard for him to, I think he'll always be valued, at least until he tears his Achilles or stays in college until he's 24 or whatever, would just be valued higher than that based on those factors. Um, I don't know. I mean, Damian Martinez? Yeah. another That that feels like uh, a nice another nice level. Top 25? I, I'm not mm-hmm. sure on his debut potential. Um, I'm trying to look at some other guys here. That uh, Would you rather have LaQuinn Allen or Darius Taylor? He's been doing Allen's been pretty good this year Ta- so far for Syracuse. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Taylor. I don't know exactly what Syracuse is going to look like next year after Schrader leaves. I, that quarterback room is going to be a mess. Um, so I think I would I would lean Taylor. Genty or Darius Taylor? Give me give me Genty. I think he has shown exactly what we wanted to see out of him with Halani out. I mean, this dude could be a bell cow. And he catches a ton of passes. Um, I, I I really hope that Genty transfers up out from Boise State because I think he really could. I think there's some some good Devi potential there. So give me Genty, even with Halani coming back in the near future. Um. All right, we'll do this exercise again for these other two backs that we're going to discuss. Uh, maybe okay. different names thrown in there, but uh, that's not the last time we're going to do that. How about L.J. Martin? LJ Martin over at BYU, a guy again was in our freshman guide, but we had him like next to last or something like that at the running back group. And we didn't, in fairness, write up a ton of running backs this year just because we, again, we didn't love uh, this class overall. Uh, so far this year, Martin has 56 carries, 223 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, has not obviously put up the the same kind of explosive performances as Taylor. Uh, his best game, probably 23 carries, 77 yards, two touchdowns against Arkansas. Now, granted, we're talking difficulty of opposition, um, probably a, a, a tougher matchup than maybe any of the guy, the teams that Taylor has played as of late. UNC, um, not a great rush defense overall. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I think he's been an interesting player here so far this year. I do think uh, potentially uh, hype a little out of control. I think he's the guy that um, could be a, a pretty solid CFF running back for the next few years. And obviously you're going to get uh, several years out of him. Um, so I don't know. What do you think of LJ Martin? I think LJ Martin is a guy that, you know, we were, we were too low on. We, we did think that Aiden Robbins was going to be the guy there. So I don't think even the most staunch of LJ Martin supporters thought that we were going to see this out of him this early Aiden Robbins has been banged up, but the thing with LJ Martin is I don't, and, and Aiden Robbins and the whole situation is I don't think Robbins is that great of a back overall. Like, I think we just kind of liked Robbins because he's familiar. He's a big guy. Uh, he's going to be in that BYU system that has produced some solid running backs uh, and running back production. So that was more why we liked Robbins. And now with him out of the picture and LJ Martin stepping, or at least, out of the picture for a little while um, and LJ Martin stepping in. I don't think I'll, it's a lock that Robbins is going to take this back from Martin. Um, he'll siphon off some work, 
which will hurt Martin for this year, but Aiden Robbins is, he'll be out of eligibility. So he'll have, um, LJ Martin will have some, some nice years moving forward and, and they're big, they're power five now BYU is. So, um, probably again, not a guy who's, who's probably not going to transfer. So I think that LJ Martin is very interesting moving forward. He's below Taylor for me. Um, but he is a guy who's definitely on the rise. Yeah. Below Taylor for me as well. I think, um, again, not a guy that actually has a lot of verified testing out there at all. So all we could pull from him was some in-game speed, but we have him as the 38th percentile um, speed uh, score overall and not enough data to give him a, a full athlete uh, percentile overall. His athletic comps in our database uh, includes Jordan Waters, who's at Duke right now. It includes Zaquandre White, who was at uh, South Carolina. Uh, as of late, uh, made it to the NFL as a, I believe, undrafted guy. I don't think he was drafted. So um, a guy that's, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the long-term uh, projection, maybe not uh, as clear, even as Taylor, like you said, uh, and, and to get to the NFL, maybe not either. Um, but definitely a guy that I think uh, can be, he feels to me like a guy that's going to be like a, a low end RB two, high end RB three for the next couple of years. Like very, very usable uh, in CFF C two C, but not a guy that's like crushing it. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. He's not a guy that's like absolutely crushing it right now either. He's he's looked good and there's been really nice performances, um, but I'm not. I'm not going to put the cart before the horse here. Now I know he has some some of his fans out there, but I. And and I was definitely too low on him, but he's not a guy that I'm just going to skyrocket up my rankings. I, like like you said, like an RB two three ish for fantasy purposes for Martin feels like a good level. Um, would you rather have uh, him or Gavin Sawchuck? Man, that's tough. Because um, I think Sawchuck has looked pretty good with limited touches, but that's been the problem. It's been limited touches. Um, give me the safety of LJ Martin, the floor of Martin over okay. Sawchuck, but it feels really close. That's one of those like kind of coin flip ones for me. Okay. Um, I could just go through the same names, Kavorian Barnes or, uh, or LJ Martin right now. Ah, man, Barnes has been disappointing this year too, but that whole, the offense, offense has been, has been. Yeah. so like how much of i don't i don't know how much it's going to improve either in the future um but barnes we we're going to see him get into conference play here and i think they'll rebound a little bit in conference play frank harris should be coming back I, they have a bye week on this week i'm pretty sure um, so I think Frank Harris will hopefully be back and healthy and maybe that helps this offense. Give me, give me Barnes by a nose. Okay. Okay. Trying to ask the difficult questions out here. Um, the last guy that I want to highlight here, Colin is a true freshman that has kind of, uh, this one really even more so than the other two out of nowhere, uh, to snag this job is Parker Jenkins, the Houston running back. Um, we again wrote him up for the, the the guide. Said you know uh, probably can be a good player, murky backfield, uh, good uh, kind of straight line athlete. Um, but you know Houston running back, how much is that worth? You know you can kind of play that game. 
Um, and Jenkins this week kind of looks like he took over the job after getting four carries the, his first two games against Rice and TCU. He got 20 against Sam Houston State, had 105 yards and three touchdowns in that game. Also had two receptions for six yards. Um, this is feeling like Alton McCaskill all over again. Um, he's a guy that I believe has a 98th percentile like speed, uh, top sp- top in game speed according to our database. Um, his other marks aren't, uh, fantastic, but aren't terrible either. I believe he, it works out to be like a 67th or 68th percentile athlete overall for the running back position, according to our database. Again, not necessarily like, you know, every player ever, um, but, uh, quite a few players in there. His closest comps include, uh, Jordan Marshall, who's a talk back coming in next year, CJ Spiller. If you remember him, Roman Hemby. Uh, who's at Maryland, uh, Nathaniel Frazier, another five-star borderline guy coming in next year, going to Georgia, uh, and Jeremiah Love, who uh, is at Notre Dame as a freshman. Like all guys that we talk about is pretty good athletes. So I we were probably a little too low again on Jenkins, although I think it's you know hard to predict all these guys getting jobs as true freshmen. But I mean, yeah. I think he's exciting um, just from the – like this is an explosive offense and he's an explosive player. That feels like that should be a really nice match moving forward it it does and i i didn't watch this game this weekend Uh, i watched a couple limited ones houston versus sam houston i know um houston beat them pretty good did he like really seize this or was it a little bit more of a garbage time thing i haven't uh no i think the the next closest on the team got four carries and then they released this upcoming week's depth chart today and he's number one on it okay so but side note did you know sam houston do you know what their mascot is Oh, I do. I do know what this is. Oh, man. I, I say, Tell me. I know it's what it the, is. It's the Bearcats. Bearcats. Do you know okay. how they spell it? B-A-R-E? Cats with a K. Oh, B-E-A-R-K-A-T-S? Yeah. Oh, interesting. At least that's what the internets tell me. That's <laughs> Somebody this weekend, we had... Uh, a little bit of the Cincinnati game on, and somebody this week that was with us this weekend asked what a bear cat was. So, bear cat, come on, <laughs> somebody said right there. <laughs> um, interesting. Okay, so now, uh, but now that we What's know, a sooner, for, Colin, since we're talking about that game, oh, uh, that's a covered wagon, I, th- I believe. No, right? no, isn't it? No, is it a cowboy? No, not like specifically, no. Uh, I don't know. Come on, Colin. Was... Did you not take high school history? I did, but did, did I pay attention? No, I did so, not. So a lot of the land in Oklahoma and other places in the kind of Midwest were you're just sitting there nodding your head at me because you want me to stop talking. Um, no, you're good. Keep going. More I people like than Shane Hallam lines. can do history on Debbie podcast. Okay? I, I'm the okay goat at it, it, but Keep I'm going to give it a shot. Keep going. I'm... Um. So they there was like land that they would essentially, the government said like, whoever gets to it first gets the land. And there was like a specific time that like, they weren't allowed to like go across the line essentially to uh, start claiming it. It's like a and, race. And you had to like build a house on it. Like the homestead act, you had to like build a house on mm-hmm. it and then like, you know, maintain a farm or whatever. And then you got all this acreage soon as for people that went too early. So, Oh, they went too soon. They yeah. went sooner than you, they should have. You know all about that, right? No. I don't going know. too soon no oh, okay I, I i don't know what you're i don't know what you're getting at fair enough moving um, on um 
<laughs> Moving on back to Parker Jenkins here. Uh, back to your regularly scheduled programming. No, I, I think Parker Jenkins um, solidifying that job is definitely very intriguing. I think this is offense is still going to be a little more pass heavy. Uh, I think that Donovan Smith is still a threat to vulture some touches around the goal line and some touchdowns around the goal line. Um, still, but still on the Donovan Smith train, huh? I, I, I have dropped him. I have dropped him, but he's been good for fantasy for, for some weeks. So uh, I've backed off of him for Debbie for sure, but I, I still think Donovan Smith is going to be a good CFF quarterback. Maybe not quite as good as I thought he was going to be, but I digress. Um, Donovan Smith is still a threat around the goal line, vultures and touchdowns here and there, which might limit Parker Jenkins, Jenkins overall upside, but definitely a guy we were way too low on and very encouraging usage moving forward. And that backfield is just not good. There's nobody else good in that backfield. Um, Stacy Sneed, Tony Mathis Jr., no thanks. Um, so a true freshman seizing this job moving forward, that's got that definitely has some good value to it. And I think he's a guy that is in the LJ Martin-ish range, where it'll be like an RB2, 3-ish. I have a pretty firm rule that I don't trust a running back named Stacy. So Stacy Sneed's out, unfortunately. Mm. Just can't do it. Can't do it. What about his so. mom? She's got it going on. Oh shit! You know he got that that sung to him in like middle school. I, high yeah, school, so. yeah. Oh, poor guy, poor guy. I actually kind of want to send him like a condolences so, card. I was um, gonna say a fruit basket, but that works too. An edible arrangement. Yeah, there we go. Nice, perfect. We'll we'll pick one out, Colin. We'll get it. Yep. We'll get him a good one. Um, all right. Uh, let's move on to some injuries. I think this is the first really kind of big injury week overall, and this is. Uh, a non-exhaustive list for sure, uh, but I thought I just wanted to pick out most of the noteworthy ones, and some of these guys did come back, so we'll mention that uh, when we get to them. Um, I guess let's actually start with the the, and we're not going to go in depth on all these. Um, the the one that happened first this week, Ches Malusi. Now this isn't like like I don't think you were starting Ches Malusi, and even though he's looked okay this year, I don't even know if I would have necessarily uh recommended we're all rostering him uh maybe in, in in some formats but not not really overall but he's done for the season i do think this is really nice for braylon allen like i think if you were kind of sweating a little bit as an allen holder like even if you're not going to get that high debbie value uh at least he's going to be the cff guy that we thought he could be with you know malusi in his way because that's been annoying all year yeah that definitely helps braylon allen um Malusi was was kind of intriguing to me though uh, this year with the way that he started off the year. Um, he always kind of was a thorn in Braylon Allen's side. I mean, Braylon Allen had been able to produce just out of the sheer running volume that Wisconsin would get, um, but Malusi was pretty efficient. So this definitely clears the way for Braylon Allen a little bit more. But uh, Malusi was a guy that I was kind of interested to see what the NFL would think of him. Um, but with the injury, you know, we'll see how he bounces back. Still a guy, I think, to keep an eye on. But uh, the injury definitely puts a little damper on maybe the hype that was starting to build a little bit. Um, let's let's go into some guys that left their games and then um, came back in. I believe I believe Luther Burden the uh, third did come back to his game. Um, I, I think I, I believe I saw that. I, I wasn't watching that game, um, but. Uh, something to monitor this week. Some of these guys, you know, they, 
they can come back and you know they're kind of on adrenaline whatever happened hasn't you know if it's like a sprained ankle or something it hasn't hasn't stiffened up yet and you wake up on monday morning you're like uh this is this is no bueno so burden and then marvin harrison jr actually left their game yeah. and then came back too so i think both two guys to monitor ohio state does have a buy this week uh i don't know uh something to monitor there yeah, I mean, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is going to end up being okay. Like you said, he did come back in this game. Um, he was out there on that final drive. So it, he didn't seem overly affected by this. And like you said, maybe it stiffens up or whatever, but he's got the bye week to rest up. I'm not worried about Marvin Harrison Jr. Luther Burden, a little bit of a worry. They get Vanderbilt this week. I think Missouri can handle Vanderbilt without a full complement of snaps from Luther Burden. So that's my worry with Burden this week is that we get one of those situations where it's like, will he play? Won't he play? I don't know. And then they put him out there a little bit. Uh, he gets, you know, maybe like a handful of snaps and Missouri's beating them. So they're just like, well, we'll sit Luther Burden for the rest of this game. Um, so that's my big concern with burden, but overall, I'm not too worried about him moving forward. Fair enough. Yeah. I, um, I, I just think I'm going to be watching it and listening for some updates this week. Um, Daquan Finn carted off with a shoulder injury. I have heard no further information here, but I'm the college season's so short that I think if for some of these guys, if it looks like it's going to be like a more than two or three weeks, like you almost have to treat it as if like they're not really coming back. Like you prepare as if they're not. And if they do come back. So Finn's a guy that I'm probably preparing if I was pretty thin at quarterback, but I'm a contender, I might already be prepping, uh, going to find another guy. Uh, how do you feel about that Colin? Yeah, I would be a little worried about Finn. Um, he, it was a pretty, pretty nasty injury from what I, I heard. Um, it was, he got carted off. And he dealt with an injury last year, too. And they have a, a pretty capable backup, honestly, in Tucker Gleason. Um, he came in. He looked decent in some games last year. They get Buffalo this week, who is terrible. Uh, or no, they don't get Buffalo this week. Who do they get this week? Uh, they get NIU this week. Uh, mm. Also not a very good team. So I don't think they need to rush Finn back. So I would be worried about Finn for this week for sure. Uh, and then moving forward, uh, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. But I am I am a little worried about Finn. Uh, Tyler Shuck, uh, fractured fibula. They're saying six to eight-week injury. Uh, I guess they haven't technically rolled him out for the whole season is what it sounds like. But, you know, for our purposes, that's that's done for the year. Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily feel great about saying – that uh, Baron Morton is going to be significantly better or significantly worse. What I will say is that even like, I, I, I feel bad for shock. He's had just like some weird injuries overall, like nothing that you would feel yeah. like, like, you know, it's his hamstring all the time or, or something like that. Um, but you have to think that he's just so unreliable at this point from like a availability perspective that we've said this like three times now that if Baron Morton is good, he will keep this job because I technically think that Shuck can apply for a medical red shirt if he wants it. I know, which is mind blowing. Like, he's going to be the Cam McCormick, uh, dude. Pretty yeah, soon. some of these guys just like just go to the real world, bud. You're yeah. not, you're not going to the NFL. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, who knows how that's going to end up shaking out eligibility wise. But like you said, this is the first time we've said if Baron Morton's good, he holds on to this job. And Baron Morton looks good at times and then also has some what are you doing moments out there. Um, so I think with Baron Morton, it doesn't downgrade any of the receiving options for me. Um, but Tyler Shuck, a lot of his value this year has come with his legs. Like the one week where I said to sit him uh, against Oregon, he ended up having 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. And that I don't think is something Baron Morton can bring to the table. So I'm not starting Baron Morton this week. I don't think this is just like a plug and play situation, even though it is a fairly soft matchup against Houston, whose defense has been shredded. Um, I want to wait and see with Morton, but the rest of the passing game, I'm deploying them like normal. So I would probably still, I'm still putting Bradley out there. Um, I don't think I would trust anybody else at this point. Uh, and I'm probably not starting Taj Brooks just yet either. So really it's just Bradley, I guess, actually. Yeah. I mean, yeah, their offense overall this year has been not what we had hoped for um overall uh morton in relief in this game by the way 13 for 37 and i checked two different sources Oof. to make sure that wasn't a typo um 158 yards uh one touchdown no interception so uh weird game not not exactly sure he hasn't looked terrible in the past so that's kind of odd to me a little bit that he uh was that bad in this one from like an accuracy perspective he started and played a couple of games well actually i think he um, uh, he got in several games last year he started a pretty long stretch he completed um outside of the baylor game where he only completed 32 percent of his passes he was like a 62 percent passer or 63 percent passer so i don't know what that was all about um but but overall was probably average last year so we'll see if he can be a little better uh than that moving forward a couple other quarterbacks that went down. I don't have updates yet on them, but I think it's their their guys to watch. Jaden Delara uh, went down for Arizona, and Connor Wegman went down uh, for Texas A and M. Wegman, uh, I don't I don't believe either returned to their games. Uh, was watching the the A and M game. Wegman um, got hit, uh, you know, just like a, a normal play. It looked like it was his ankle. Um, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But Wegman would be uh, both would be a pretty big loss, but Wegman. Probably the only sophomore quarterback that had really stepped up this year, him and him and Drew Alar. So uh, a little bit of a bummer there. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, I think um, a, a Wegman is probably compared to expectations has looked better than what Drew Alar has. I um, agree. If you if that's if that's if how you want to frame it, I would it agree. On, yeah, if you're comparing it with where we had expected them entering the year, I think Wegman probably looks a little bit better. Um, than Alar has. So that's definitely disappointing. And Wigman has uh, made Evan Stewart, he's kind of unlocked him here. Uh, and I didn't see exactly what the injury was, but I was searching some news prior to the show. And I found on Twitter, uh, it's about, like they're expecting two to four weeks for, for Wigman. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so that great. is not terrible. Yeah, not great, not terrible, but it is a little concerning for that Texas A&M offense moving forward. I don't think I... I don't really trust Max Johnson. Um, so I would be skeptical about Texas a any Texas A&M options moving forward. Um, 
let's look at some other positions here. Um, actually, Darius, Darius Taylor is supposedly maybe questionable for next week, according to PJ Fleck. Um, that kind of came out of nowhere, so that'll be interesting to watch. Um, they get, uh, was it Louisiana Lafayette this week? They get, they get a not very good team. I'm not sure who they get this week. So bummer there either way. Soft, though. Um, uh, Gage, uh, Larvardane for Miami of Ohio played a little bit at the beginning, then left that game. Their coach said he was day to day. So another guy again, uh, pay attention to going into this week. Treshawn Ward sounds like he might be close, but didn't play in this one. And DJ Giddens went off. Exploded. So he, yeah. 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 Ward may not get too many touches when he comes back anyway, after, uh, Giddens did that. Uh, Noah Thomas is injured, uh, for, uh, a, unspecified length of time, the wide receiver at Texas A&M. Uh, Antonio Williams rolled out uh, shortly before the game for Clemson. I didn't even know that there was an injury there, but did did catch that before kickoff. Um, in a boot, I don't know, maybe it, uh, Dabo described him as day-to-day. Um, so, I don't know. Same with Jalen McMillan. Sounds like he's probably day-to-day or week-to-week. For uh, He got rolled out late there for, for uh, uh, Washington. Um, so, uh, again, don't really know. What uh, I saw me, with go ahead. What I saw with McMillan was that they're just being cautious with him because they can, because they've been steamrolling everybody and they have some solid other wide receiver options. So I think McMillan's gonna be a situation like it was this past week moving forward where we don't really know until like kickoff, which is gonna be frustrating. As somebody who has a lot of McMillan. Um uh, da, 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 da. who's next Lincoln here? Uh, Link, Lincoln Victor. Yeah. Um, supposed to be a, maybe a high ankle sprain. I, I don't really know. Uh, it's a bummer because he, you probably started him. He did basically nothing in this one. The team had a huge offensive explosion. So he not only did like, you'd not get any points, but if he had played, he probably would have gotten a lot of points. Um, so kind of a double kick there. Uh, Josh Kelly, Kyle Williams and Carlos Hernandez all kind of chipped in, um, in this one. I think there's arguments to be made for all three of them, but it seemed like Kelly's kind of the guy, uh, the main beneficiary, as much as we can pick any of them out uh, based on on that one game uh, for right now. So if he's available in your league, we're going to talk waivers here in a few minutes. I think he's definitely a guy that you're looking at. Yeah, I, I think he Kelly's a guy that I would definitely be looking at moving forward. With a high ankle sprain, it's hard to say exactly how long um, Victor is going to be out for. Um but I think it'll be a couple of weeks, most likely, unfortunately. Um, do, 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 do. I think that's my whole list here, Colin. Do you have any other names or guys that you were looking at uh, from this week? I think that that's most of the big ones. Yeah, that's definitely most of the big ones there. I can't think of anybody that we're missing on this list. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's a good job. Cool. All right. Um one more topic that I wanted to cover real quick with you here, Colin, and that's Alabama, who much was made about uh, their struggles so far this year, especially after that performance against USF. Uh, I said on Debbie Debate, I think it was Debbie Debate last week, like I was like, okay, this is the kind of game where Bama's going to come out and be vintage Bama and win by like three scores, 24-10. But overall, I think their best uh, complete performance of the year. Um, and we finally saw some... Signs of life out of Jace McClellan. I think that's good. Their whole running game uh, got going in this one. So uh, you in- encouraging for us? Yeah, I, I think this is encouraging. Like you said, this seemed like a game where they were going to come out and just be vintage Bama. 
after losing to Texas, not looking very good against USF. Uh, and Old Miss did leave some points on the field. Uh, they failed to convert a couple of fourth downs um, in the red zone. And so this game was probably a little closer than the score was, but I don't think you ever really doubted that Bama was going to win this one, at least not um, from when I watched this, um, from what I was taking away. And, and Jace McClellan, uh, he looked good again. You know, and not that he didn't look good this year because he had been forcing a high rate of missed tackles, but he just hadn't had the yardage come with it. And he finally got the yardage in this one over 100 yards. Still a split with him and Roydell Williams, but he had the predominant amount of carries here in this one. Roydell Williams is really held in check. So if that offensive line can can get going and run blocking again, and Jalen Milrow is such a threat with his legs that it's going to take some attention off of McClellan. I think we could start to see him turn into move closer towards the player that we thought we were going to get at the beginning of the year than what he has been. Is he going to be this stud CFF uh, and future, you know, top 50 NFL draft pick? I think it's hard to say at this point. Um, but I think the CFF value is starting to come around. And we might see the Debbie value start to come around a little bit as well. Um, their wide receivers, um, a ton of guys caught passes this week. I believe 10 or 11 players had at least one reception, but nobody had more than three. Um, still kind of a mess from, from a uh, ability to start any of these guys' perspective. I mean, the, the best performance on the week was Jalen Hale, which surprised the crap out of me, two for 63 and a touchdown out of him after he basically didn't play at all this year. Um, that, that, that did kind of catch my eye a little bit. Yeah. And he had a nice, uh, a nice touchdown in this one, a long catch. Uh, he 27% of snaps for Jalen Hale in this one, which is good. It's not phenomenal, but it does seem like this is going to be a rotation and he is, you know, over halfway towards hitting that yardage mark, uh, for receiving for, breaking that year one zero threshold. And he's a guy that we were worried about. We were legitimately worried about Jalen Hale breaking this year one zero theory, given that there's so many other bodies in that room. And I don't think this is something that you can take away and say, oh, Jalen Hale going to be a big factor in this moving forward. Like you said, this he basically was non-existent up until this game. Does this earn him some more opportunities? Probably, and it does make me feel better about the year one zero for him, but there's still a lot of bodies in the way. So I'm not, I don't think anybody is getting out over their skis over this performance from Jalen Hale. I haven't really seen too many people talking about it, but it's a nice performance. It's not something that I'm taking a lot away from. It does, I think, if you are um, a bit uh hesitant to kind of pull the trigger on some of these freshman wide receivers get out ahead of a, a zero season out of them uh, performances like this do should i think give you some pause about our yeah. confidence in where some of these guys are at because yeah he, he he was really not playing at all before this um i don't think it i'm not changing how i'm doing it at the moment um because you are i think just gonna maybe you know maybe he doesn't even get there and it doesn't matter but i think occasionally you can take some lumps uh, doing this, but overall I still think like if you moved Jalen Hill last week and then he had this performance, I still think it was good process. So yeah, um, wouldn't uh, blame anybody for that. 
Um, all right, let's uh, shout out to the top performers of the week. Uh, what a list. Yeah. Oh, what yeah. What a list. <laughs> uh, all these good matchups and our top quarterback of the week is Jace Bauer. It's at CMU with 42.46 fantasy points. DJ Giddens, uh, Kansas State running back, had the best performance of the week, 57.3 fantasy points. Bryce Kurtz, the wide receiver at Northwestern. Uh, 43 and a half fantasy points uh, last week. And then Brock Bowers at Georgia uh, to 37.6. So um, I don't even know. I don't know who one of those guys is at all. Uh, yeah. That tells you. <laughs> uh, and I don't think Jace Bauer is rostered in any league that I'm in. So that tells you how uh, odd of a list it was this week. Yeah. Um, let's go to, let's go to biggest movers so far in our rankings. Uh, so, so far this season here through four weeks, Colin. Uh, before we hit waiver wire and then our uh, start sit competition, which we both had good weeks last week. So uh, I'm, I'm even more excited to do it this week. I, I was getting rid of my confidence was gone, uh, but now it's, it's coming back here. Uh, biggest mover so far in your rankings and really at any position. Uh, I know you said you're kind of still uh, working through like your big yeah. uh, adjustment. I, yeah. uh, I, I do mine every week. So i'm uh, i'm more or less where i want to be yeah i i've been adding players along the way as they've been you know kind of showing us that they deserve to be added you know guys like age larvadane it's been added guys like eric singleton jr um some guys like that but i really need to sit down and, and now that we are you know four weeks through the season i think that's enough of a sample size to really start moving some guys so that's going to be my big project this week but um one player that has moved up for me uh, a, a good amount so far is Jalen Polk, wide receiver for Washington. And Washington's <laughs> offense has just been, they've looked unstoppable so far. They've just been shredding everybody that they've been playing. Now, they haven't played great competition. Um, you know, Boise State is solid. Michigan State is a name. Cal is a Power 5 program. Um but he's looked good. He's had three games over a hundred yards. Uh, he's had two, uh, his four touchdowns on the year here. He has been very clearly the number three option in this passing offense. And he's averaging over 20 fantasy points a game. So they've been supporting him, Roma Dunze and Jalen McMillan. And I think they can continue to support those three options moving forward. Um, so that helps Jalen Polk for your CFF um, from a CFF perspective, but then he's got another two years of eligibility after this. Um, so he could, and, and Adunze and, and McMillan are going to be gone. So it seems like he is going to be a much bigger factor next year than maybe what we were anticipating. I mean, Jeremy Bernard, I know we were both big fans of, um, I was a big fan of, am a big fan of Denzel Boston, but his role has been, more limited so far than what they were kind of talking up in camp. Um, so he may not end up being quite as much of a thing. So it might be Polk and, and Bernard next year. And we could be looking at Polk as a potential wide receiver one for next year for, for CFF purposes. So you're getting that side of things. I still don't know that I think he's uh, a, a major Debbie asset right now, but when you're coming from, uh, this type of an offense, I think he'll, uh, you know, and he's got good size at 6'2", 190. He's pretty versatile. So I think he'll get drafted 
at the NFL level. And I think we'll next year will be a big year for determining exactly what type of a Debbie prospect um, he's going to be. And I have to really sit down and dive into his film this year to see if I can get a good read on that as well. But he's been a big riser for me, Jalen Polk. What about a faller? Uh, faller for me is a guy who is just absolutely plummeted uh, in my rankings. He's dropped almost 100 spots, 80 me to 100 too. spots. Twinsies. <laughs> uh, and that's Ja'Cory Brooks, wide receiver for Alabama. I mean, he's, hey, he had a blocked punt uh, in that Ole Miss game. So he is on punt coverage right now. There's everybody is jumping Ja'Cory Brooks in this wide receiver room. Jalen Hale's ahead of him now, getting more snaps. Uh, we're seeing so many other players. I, I It's just not happening with Ja'Cory Brooks. And I don't know if he's in Nick Saban's doghouse because there were times last year where he looked like the best wide receiver on that team. So I don't know what's going on with Ja'Cory Brooks, but with this type of performances, you you can't trust him. He's almost non-existent on this offense, like I said, relegated to special teams. Um, I don't know if – I cut him in one league. I don't know if I would recommend cutting him unless you have – you don't have anybody else that you want to cut. I wouldn't cut just to cut, but he's one of those guys that I I would consider cutting at least. Um, I, I'm trying to think if I have cut him or not. I definitely think he's cuttable, though. I agree. Um, him, JoJo Earl, I think both are. Yeah, Real bummer. Well, bummer. And if you're still holding on to Ajayi Hall, who is the other, the third oh, of God. that, then <laughs> you know, uh, I think you, you can get rid of him too safely. I, I feel pretty good about that. Um, so a couple of guys again, when we, we do these segments, I try to not. Uh, a talk about players that we've talked about consistently on the show. So, you know, we talked about Darius Taylor earlier. Right. He's probably bumped up 80 spots in my rankings or Parker Jenkins. Right. And I'm obviously not going to talk about them. Um, and I don't necessarily want to just talk about like, you know, I was too low on all the Hawaii wide receivers. And now I have Buffelli Ashlock as like my wide receiver 65. Like, yeah, okay. I bumped him up, but I just think that was a, uh, I didn't have a prior opinion. So whatever opinion I have now, like I feels there's gotta be a different term for it. It's not, it's now I'm just aware of him. Whereas before <laughs> I wasn't like, I'm looking, Yeah, I, I figure for this kind of answer, at least wants to be a guy like Jalen Polk that is, that was on, on your radar. And, and now you have like a, a higher opinion of them. Um, so I ended up choosing Brian Thomas Jr. Uh, the wide receiver at LSU. And I still am not like super de duper high on him. Um, but I do think he has some intriguing qualities. A former uh, four-star receiver who was, uh, I believe, ranked in the top 15 of his class overall, who went, uh, obviously, to LSU, uh, hit multiple year one zero thresholds. Um, I actually believe, like, all of the LSU receivers did that year, which was very weird. Him, neighbors, um, um, who's the Jack Beck or Besh yeah, or whatever Besh. you say. Uh, Besh. Besh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and somebody else did too. I think they all hit. Yeah, it. there was one other guy in that class who I can't think of. Yeah, I don't I, think he's I, there anymore. Could be anybody. Could be anybody. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Not me. Oh, clearly, it's, uh, Chris Hilton, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. And oh, and then um, Deion Smith was that same year too. Right? Oh yeah, they all hit it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah Best was technically like a tight end, but yes, yeah. like they they all hit it, which was just yeah. bonkers. Um, because we didn't think like any of them were that good. Um, Thomas has two games over hundred yards receiving this year. He doesn't have any games under 
60 yards. He's seeing a pretty healthy amount of the targets. Um, he's uh, been pretty dangerous after the catch. He's looked way more explosive than I ever remember him looking. Uh, out of high school, his on-field, we have like an on-field uh, speed score for him, which was 61st percentile uh, from an athleticism perspective. Uh, similar to Adonai Mitchell is, is one of the guys that shows up uh, 80, 82% uh, similarity between those guys. Um, so like a good athlete, but not like an amazing one, but I think he's definitely looked improved in that regard. He is, um, tall, you know, a bigger guy, six, three, six, four, um, probably close to 200 ish pounds. Like he's got a, a nice NFL frame. I actually think the NFL will probably end up liking him, uh, quite a bit. Um, and I think, you know, if he ends up putting together like a pretty nice, um, you know, like yards per route run and, and and everything kind of season this year. I don't know that you can, if the film ends up checking out consistently throughout the year, I don't know how uh, he's any worse of a prospect than Terrace Marshall or Jonathan Mingo for that matter. Like I think he's pretty squarely in those buckets. So I think he's an interesting guy. Um, and he's, he's really, I think, I think I, I think I deleted him from my rankings this offseason, if I remember correctly. Like I kept like dropping, dropping, dropping. He was in like the bottom 10 or whatever. And I deleted most of those guys out. Uh, but he's back in and he's in the top 80. Um, I have a hard time moving him too far above where he is right now. Um, but I do like him. I think he's a good player. Yeah, I do too. I, I He wasn't a guy that I ever dropped out of my rankings, but he definitely dropped um, pretty far for me. I only had him in, in one league and i actually have neighbors in that league too so i have both of those guys they've both been good for fantasy yeah um which has been a surprise like i was not expecting that at all um but yeah brian thomas jr was a guy who was the borderline cuttable i think i, I like i said I, I never put him quite in that i would cut him territory but i wouldn't have faulted you if you had and now look at him i mean big bounce back this year um, I can't believe that Jaden Daniels is supporting two fantasy relevant wide receivers in the year of our Lord 2023, but here we are. Uh, we don't talk religion on the show, Colin. So if you could not do that moving forward, that'd be great. Um, no politics either. So. Oh, all right. Well, we'll have to cut the whole next segment then. <laughs> yeah. I see your notes on the sheet here. Um, it was going to get I, heavy. I don't have a uh, a stock down guy. I just put two stock up guys, but I I also put Chip Trey in. Look at here. you, Mister Glass Half Full. I know, I know. Every everyone describes me as an optimist, though. That's so, a good point. Just always, uh, cup always runneth over in Austin's hey, world. Hey, no religious references. What, I think that's a religious reference. I don't think so. I think it is. Cup runneth over. You can go look at you go look it up. Google go look at the origins. I gave everyone the origin of sooner. You go look up cup runneth over um and report back to me. Uh okay, go ahead. I'll have okay. it for you in the talk talk to talk talk to me about chip training them. Uh I wrote them off, but then I didn't write them off. Do you have an answer yet? <laughs> yeah, it's from it's uh from the Bible, which is what I was pretty sure where it was from. Ah, Psalms okay. 23 5. Oh, okay. That's one of my favorite Psalms. I should have known that. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to spell Psalms? P S A L M S. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> I got greedy. I got greedy. You I thought I'd get you. you. I thought you could give me twice. Um, jokes on you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we all. I I eliminated uh, Chip from my uh, rankings just because he wasn't playing running back mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. Um, Same. <laughs> but and I cut him from all my leagues. Um, but one kept him in one. 
It was an IDP league. I was about to ask you. That was my <laughs> next question. So, yep. Uh, kind of cheating. Kind of cheating. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think he's um, uh, he outsnapped and outtouched Mayan by a pretty hefty amount. It seems like Ohio State kind of used them as uh, some players with similar roles and skill sets. So they only want to play one and chip uh, seems to have gotten that job. And so then at this point, like watching him this year, like you just revert back to what the original scouting report was, which was that he's pretty freaking athletic. It's not a ton of wiggle, but it's not no wiggle. Um, he is really good between the tackles. He uh, actually has pretty solid hands. Yeah, so they're not using him that way. So I think he's pretty interesting. I don't think he's going to be like a day two pick or anything, but I could see him going in like the fifth round and being like a guy that gets hype next year in training camp and, and, and uh, preseason and stuff for an NFL team. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. Is he out of eligibility or does he have another one? Another no, he has at least one more year if he okay, wants I it. Thought so. He might actually even have two. I don't know. Cause he freshman year was COVID year, right? Yeah, I think so. And I don't, I, I don't know how much he played last year, quite frankly, uh, at linebacker. So I don't want to speculate. He got anymore. in a couple of games there with all those injuries. Yeah, he did. This guy. Yeah. So. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think Chip Trainum is a, a, a great call here. And you said that they kind of view him and Mayan Williams similarly. Chip Trainum got in on that goal line carry to win them the game against Notre Dame. You know, so they trust him around there. So I think that's that's big. And Travion, I think, is gone. Mayan Williams, I think, is going to be gone. Uh, Chip has more eligibility if he wants it. I could see him sticking around and trying to be the guy there next year. Now, Dallin Hayden is still there. I've dropped um, Hayden about 20 spots, too. It's kind of a corresponding move because I think it, now it's unclear mm -hmm. if he keeps that job. Not to interrupt you, sorry. No, you're good. I, I, I fully agree. Um, I think Hayden's a little bit of a drop. Uh, but Chip, I'm not sold that he's not going to take over and be that guy next year. So um, I could see him working his way into like the third, fourth round borderline next year if he has a really nice year. Uh, so that's a that's a great call as well in the stock up. Um, all right, Colin, let's let's hop into some waiver wire here. Um, I think it's a pretty robust waiver wire week overall i wrote uh my key takeaways article uh which i believe is up on the website uh now for members only and i did the corresponding uh nil uh all 22 member only uh podcast to go along with it where i kind of discuss some of these names a little more uh in depth um but i think there's especially a running back where we are kind of struggling uh this year like overall everyone is that seems to be kind of a thinner running back year uh, we have a couple of names this week. Let's start with let's start with Jalen Buckley, who had that big first week uh, for Western Michigan, and we were like, "Well, they're not going to run ninety something plays again." Like they had two running backs go down. Like this just kind of feels like maybe a a one time thing. But Buckley uh, got twenty nine carries in this one and went over one hundred ninety yards again. And so that's the second time this year he's done that. That kind of makes me pay attention, especially going into the MAC uh, portion of his schedule, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think the key is going into the MAC play. Um, he, in two games against Power Five competition, uh, Buckley yeah. is 887 and one and 14 for 30. 
two games against G5 competition, 30 for 194 and one and 29 for 190 and two. What's the Mac G5. So I think he could be a mainstay in your lineup moving forward. So he's absolutely a limited waiver ad for me. Yep. Pretty excited there. The other uh, guy that I'm looking at here is Penny Boone, who I mentioned as a start last week in our start sits. Um, Another kind of guy that we had really given up on uh, many moons ago was at Maryland left and hasn't really done much at Toledo until recently, but um, 24 carries, 211 yards, two touchdowns. And I think, you know, not only is he going into Mac play, but if Daquan Finn is injured, not only is that kind of take away some of the threat to his rushing touches and kind of goal line stuff with, with being able to use Finn that way, but uh, also means they probably have to rely on the run game a little bit more. So I, and he's a big boy. Like he's a guy that you can hand the ball to 30, 35 times if you need to. Um, so I think he's a pretty big priority for me this week. Uh, if he's available in leagues. Yeah. I would also agree with that. I think like you said, especially with Finn going down, that makes Boone a lot more appealing. Um, if you only have one waiver claim between Boone and Buckley, who are you taking? Man, I think I'm taking Boone, but barely. And okay. it's really, really close. Just the the thing that, that changes it for me is I know that that Buckley has been getting all the carries or most of the carries. Um, but I still think there are enough other backs there that could muddle that backfield maybe in a game or two where they just you know another guy gets going or something. Whereas I don't think Boone really has that much quality competition on the team. So I lean Boone, but I think both I also think Toledo's probably a, a better team than than uh, Western Michigan, which probably helps a little bit. Yeah, helps game script wise. I, I do think it's really, really close. The only thing that worries me about Penny Boone is the potential future uh, touchdown upside when Finn does come back. Sure. Um, but he's probably this. Uh, I don't even want to say he's safer. They're they're both really close for me too. Boone, I didn't look and see who Western Michigan has, but for playoff weeks, uh, Penny Boone gets Eastern Michigan, Bowling Green, and Central Michigan. So that's also. Uh, not too shabby yes. not too shabby yes borat gives that two thumbs way up um uh, running back parker jenkins is, is available on uh, in leagues too um so i think he's mm-hmm. another guy that i uh I, i'm looking at uh malik washington wide receiver from uh, virginia uh 27 targets over his last two games um is very clearly anthony calandria's top target uh, as of now uh, he's actually in the top 10 in the country in targets overall with 41 on the season. Um, I don't I mean, he's got, what did he get last week? Almost 50% of their targets overall. Yeah. I mean, it's just, they're, they're just feeding this guy, man. So I think that's really encouraging. Yeah. Malik Washington is the, um, uh, is Anthony Calandria's effort. Malik Washington's down there somewhere kind of a guy, uh, which I think is, is really Going to be nice moving forward. Last three weeks for Washington, 22.9, 23.1, and 40.1 fantasy points. So, yeah, I, I think if he's out there, which there's a decent number of leagues where he is, he would be a limited waiver league ad for me. Yeah, I believe he was – Yeah, I think he's fourth in the country in targets over the past three weeks too, which kind of coincides with uh, you know Calandria taking that job and kind of making it his overall. So – um stonks up there for sure um unlimited waivers uh you know these are guys that are 
uh, either, you know, maybe don't play a priority position or there's a little more uncertainty. So uh, we don't want to necessarily uh, tell you to go all in with them. Uh, Josh Kelly at uh, Washington State with Victor down. We talked about it earlier. 12 targets went eight for 159 and three. I actually think uh, while we're talking Washington State wide receivers, I think you also have to talk uh, uh, Carlos Henderson, who is a slot guy. So I think that uh, he probably benefits uh, as does Kyle Williams. Like, I think those are all going to be players that can uh, take on some of the uh, burden overall while Victor's out. And we still don't know how long he's out. Maybe it's only two weeks. You know, it, it could be uh, short term. And in that case, you know, you don't want to invest too much uh, into a guy that, that maybe only lasts you for a little while. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's probably a little bit more of Kyle Williams and even um, Carlos Henderson a little bit, although Henderson would be more of a or, uh, Hernandez. Um, Hernandez would be more of a future play. But I, I think with Josh Kelly, he's been solid so far this year, even without um, even with Victor in there healthy. So I think that he's a guy who's going to be pretty safe volume wise moving forward. Uh, he did have that one bad game against Wisconsin, but in the other two games, 22.7 and 18.7 fantasy points outside of that explosion last week where uh, Victor went down. So that's why I would put Victor or um, Kelly on the unlimited waivers list. Whereas the other two, I might pick them up in unlimited waiver leagues, but they're probably more of a watch list for me. Um, just because like you said, we don't know exactly you know how long Victor is going to be out. Uh, Emmanuel, I'm going to say it is Michelle, like the guy from dodgeball. Um, because Sony. <laughs> yes. Or that, um, are they related? Uh, that's a good question. I actually have no idea. Oh, okay. Maybe well, potentially. Well, We'll have we'll have the interns looking on that while we're uh, while we're talking here. Um, back to back games uh, with uh, close to thirty carries, twenty eight uh, two weeks ago and thirty three this past week. Uh, three touchdowns in both, uh, hundred yards in both. Uh, could be the kind of Air Force uh, RB one that we've been waiting for. Um, so, I mean that that that's a nice uh, buy right there. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, we kind of thought it'd be John Lee Eldridge, um, but it seems like maybe it's going to be Michelle, but we, you know, we know we like this role. Um, and that's really encouraging the, the usage in the, in the back-to-back games. So he's an unlimited waiver ad for me, but if I really desperately need a running back, I would consider adding him in a limited waiver league. Probably wouldn't pull the trigger, but I would really look hard at it. Yeah, yeah. If I and I, I have some teams that really need uh, uh, running back help, so definitely would consider it in those leagues. Uh, we do have a tight end uh, that made the list this week. Luke Haas, tight end at Arkansas, um, is a guy who is a little undersized, which I think is what caused his recruiting ranking to ultimately drop um, down uh, from where it started. Where he was, he was a tight end one in the class for a while. Um, he's got 16 targets on the year. He's caught 15 of them. He has three touchdowns. He's been explosive. He's averaging uh, 15.9 yards per reception. Uh, as a true freshman, like I, I, those are really, really good numbers uh, there. Um, I, I don't really have that much more to add. I mean, freshman tight end producing like that. It, we, we put him in the kind of unlimited section because 
not everyone has a, a waiver uh, wire you know, move to burn on a tight end. But if you do, uh, I, I would say that he's not only is he a stash, but I think you can get some weeks out of him this year. Maybe I, I'd probably want to see him do it one more time, but uh, he's got a touchdown in two straight games and he's generally been pretty good this year. Yeah, he has been. And I, I like you said, it's, it's mostly about like the position. It's not really like a premium position and Arkansas probably isn't really a passing attack that I want to invest too heavily in. So that's why he's kind of in the unlimited section and he is a little bit undersized so i don't know exactly what that debbie value is going to be so there's just a lot of a lot of things working against him despite him being second on the team in catches and yards first in touchdowns um and looking good as a true freshman so still in the unlimited category for me but um shout out to haas for being the second highest scoring tight end this week behind brock bowers pretty good company there um, I think, uh, they could probably go in the unlimited waivers, maybe in the watch list, depending on how, uh, your league values the position, but I still think there are a lot of these kind of dual threat freshman second year quarterbacks floating around. Uh, Jalen Rayner is the one that popped up this week at Arkansas state true freshman, uh, combined for 300 something yards on the ground and through the air had five total touchdowns, uh, playing in an offense that probably, uh just uses can use a spark wherever so uh, you know he, he's out there i still think zeon chris is out there ul i still think thomas castellanos is out there in places boston college quarterback like all these guys mckay uh, jenkins who no mckay stop it no stop it um i think all these guys are out there and i think depending on your situation uh they all make uh some sense in terms of uh additions to a quarterback room yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. I think that's really dependent on, like you said, the, the way you, your league values quarterback and the scoring and the positional um, requirements for quarterbacks. If it's a three quarterback league, obviously you're going to bump these quarterbacks up a little bit higher. Um, a six point passing touchdown league is probably bumping them up a little bit as well, but Jalen Rayner would just be a watch list now for me. Cause it was a really nice performance this week, but I don't know how much I want to invest in that Arkansas State offense. That Arkansas State team is not good. But maybe Jalen Rayner makes it good. Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Maybe. Um, let's get into some start sits here, Colin. Um, for anybody, uh, we always give the rundown here at the beginning. These are early week start sits. Uh, we each pick 10 starts, 10 sits. We do not share a list with each other ahead of time. Uh, these are non obvious starts so we are not saying start uh caleb williams we might say sick caleb williams we probably wouldn't that'd be we dumb. wouldn't say that but, yeah be dumb. um we could if we ever say sick caleb williams you can just stop listening to this show yeah so um yeah th them's the rules uh last week was our best week so far and we we tried to dig again non-obvious names so uh last week i went 12 and 8 colin went 11 and 9 we're still both just barely below 500 uh, we always, I think each year we're usually around 55%. So, yeah. Um, and even, you know, really this exercise, even beyond just calling out having fun and, and kind of uh, competing in something, uh, they, we hope that they at least make you think about some names yeah. um, that you wouldn't have otherwise thought of in either direction. Um, and quite frankly, even there are a lot of guys that we say start and sit that don't hit the point threshold. 
that still, you know, don't have awful weeks. So, you know, yeah. I think overall, um, you know, even if you hear, you know, 55%, that's not very good, but you know, like we had a, a couple last week that the, the, yeah. you need to have like 17 and a half points at a skill position to be considered a hit. Um, we had multiple guys last week finish around like 15, 16. So like, I mean, that's still not an awful week, um, yeah. but th that's really the, the purpose of why we do this. Uh, Colin, do you want to go first on starts or do you want to go first on sits this week? Um, I'll go first on starts. Okay. Uh, my first start is, so actually before I get into this, I do just want to say that I had this list created before we created the waiver wire guys. So before we created that list. I don't believe so, you continue. Um, my first start is Penny Boone. Uh, they get NIU this week. He has had back-to-back -back games over 120 rush yards. Last week, 211. Um, Tucker Gleason is a capable quarterback. So I think that offense is still going to be okay. It's not like, you know, some of these other G5 Mac teams when they lose their quarterback, like Ohio, like it just turns into a shit show. Um, uh, Gleason's going to be okay. And you're not going to have to worry about Finn vulturing some touchdowns. So that's going to help Boone a lot. Plus NIU is a very soft matchup. They allow 155 rush yards per game on the ground. It's 98th in the country. They're 14th worst in defensive rush success rate, 16th worst in defensive rush EPA per play. Uh, fire Penny Boone up this week. Yeah, I also have Penny Boone. And NIU, even to your point, uh, the past couple weeks, 224 yards to Nebraska and 179 rush yards allowed to Tulsa. So uh, nice matchup here for Penny. I also have Jalen Buckley uh, as a start this week. They get Ball State. Uh, Ball State is also a soft defensive team. Uh, they're not in like the very bottom barrel like some NIU, like an NIU team is. But like I highlighted on the waiver wire segment, Jalen Buckley in games against G5 competition, 30 carries, 194 yards and a touchdown, 29 carries, 190 yards and two touchdowns. Ball State's G5 last time I checked, so I'm firing up Jalen Buckley. Give me the running back on the opposite side of that game again this week. Give me Marquez Cooper, a guy that has really only had one good game this year, but it was also against very soft competition. Western Michigan, a bottom 20-ish team in the country uh, in terms of uh, rush defense. So I, uh, I like Marquez Cooper, who's been a bit of a disappointment, but with some of the buys and injuries starting to add up here, I, I like him this week. I strongly considered him as well uh did not ultimately pull the trigger on adding him here um and just keeping with the theme here of the waiver wire guys um i did not have these in order prior to the sheet but since we already talked about them i moved them to the top malik washington wide receiver for uva uh since calandria has taken over he's had 119 141 and 170 yards um and calandria is just the type of quarterback who's just going to chuck it deep and Washington is a guy who's going to be down there for him. They also get Boston College, who is very bad against the pass, uh, fifth worst in pat defensive pass EPA per play. They're also fifth worst in defensive pass explosiveness. So they allow a lot of big plays, which I think is really going to play into Malik Washington's hands. Uh, I am starting uh, Chandler Rogers this week, quarterback for North Texas against Abilene Christian. Uh, Rogers finally cracked 100 yards, yeah, 100, 300 yards passing last week. Um, uh, they actually have 
a fairly decent wide receiver room for uh, the size of school that North Texas is. And he does present some rushing floor. So uh, all those things combined, I think Rodgers has a nice week uh, here in this one. And there, there are uh, a hefty amount of quarterbacks either on by or kind of banged up. So I, uh, I try to put a couple of quarterbacks in here this week uh, to give you some, hopefully, other options. Yeah, no, that's a good call. Um, I also tried to add some quarterbacks in here, uh, and I'm gonna add. I'm gonna add my guy, uh, McKay Hillstead, quarterback, Utah State. I uh, threw for 399 yards and four touchdowns last week as the starter. They get UConn this week. UConn allows 241.8 pass yards per game, which is 92nd in the country, and they are the eighth worst in defensive pass success rate. Uh, this is a soft matchup for my guy mckay hillstead i'm starting jacob zeno against tulane the uab qb um zeno has been extremely extremely consistent uh so far this year he's thrown the ball over 40 times in three of their four games and uab are 21 point underdogs in this game so um, I think, you know, last week they were also a big underdog against Georgia he threw the ball 51 times. I don't think that, uh, them being an underdog should deter us at all. I should feel pretty good about it. Um, uh, so I, I like Zeno this week. Uh, I am starting, uh, Mikey Keene quarterback Fresno uh, state this yeah. week. Um, Keene has two games this year with 325 or more pass yards and four touchdowns. He's attempted at least 30 passes and thrown for two touchdowns in every single game this year. Uh, they get Nevada. Uh, Nevada allows the third most pass yards per game, 340.5 pass yards per game, and they are just absolutely terrible in all pass metrics across the board. Um, they are third worst in defensive pass EPA per play. Uh, they are the worst in defensive pass success rates. Uh, and then they are in the bottom 20 in defensive pass explosiveness. So this is an offense you want to target or a defense you want to target. Yeah. I also had Mikey Keene and I just wrote, he gets Nevada. <laughs> That's didn't fair. We, didn't we say a couple weeks ago, we might have to institute the Missouri running back role for Nevada pass defense at some point this season. Yeah. I don't remember if it was Nevada or we said about Buffalo too. There's some. Bad oh yeah. It might've been Buffalo. We were talking about. Yeah. It could have been yeah. a Either couple way. years ago. We weren't allowed to start say, start running back against Missouri because they were just giving up like 300 yards a game. And it, just, you could, that was just a, a gimme. It was yeah. a free square every single week. Yeah. Uh, my next start is wide receiver Jaquan Jackson for Tulane. Uh, they get Pratt back this week. So that's definitely helpful in the two games with Michael Pratt. Uh, 25.6 and 20.6 fantasy points per game. They get UAB this week, who allows the 90th most pass yards at 240.5. Uh, UAB is also 14th worst in defensive pass success rate, so their defense is a sieve. Uh, I'm firing Jaquan Jackson up. Interesting. I am starting Isaac Rex this week, a guy that I think has been going – uh, way too far under the radar at tight end. Uh, he got 13 targets last week and has had no fewer than six targets in any game. I believe he has the second most targeted tight end uh, in the country so far this year. 260 yards, only the one touchdown. Uh, BYU uh, probably going to need to throw the ball a little bit this week as well against Cincinnati, who isn't giving up a ton on the ground. 
Um, and I think Rex is kind of their go-to receiver. So I'm starting Isaac Rex. All right. Interesting. Um, I am, and it wasn't expecting a tight end. Um, but I am starting, uh, Marshawn Lloyd running back for USC this week. Last week he had 14 carries to Austin Jones is three. He had 154 yards on the ground. seems like Marshawn Lloyd has kind of usurped Austin Jones at this point. Uh, it's Jones is still, I expect him to be involved, but I think it's going to be Marshawn Lloyd leading this backfield and Colorado allows uh, the 100, uh, they allow 206.5 rush yards per game, which is 124th in the country. They're 22nd worst in defensive rush EPA per play. Um, I think this game could also get bad. Um, so kind of like it did last week. So I would expect USC to be able to, to run the ball a little bit and that's going to help Lloyd. Well, I'm starting his backfield mate this week. Starting Austin Jones. I You're think starting it's Austin be, Jones. This game is going to get ugly, dude. I, I don't disagree. It's the line's 21 and a half. And like, I'm fine being wrong on this, but I have, I went out and took an alt line at 27 and a half USC. I just think this game is going to be a bloodbath. Okay. All right. Very, very interesting. Um, my next start is Kyle Monangai running back for Rutgers. Uh, they get Wagner this week, uh, FCS team and the two games before they played Michigan last week, Monangai had 28 for 165 and one and 16 for 143 and three on the ground. There's probably not too many more weeks that you can start Monangai. They have some difficult games coming up. Um, so if you have him, Trot him out there. This is the matchup you need to use him. Yeah, I also have Monagai. I did not think you would go there. That surprised me a little bit. Interesting. Okay. All right. Um, I almost, I almost, after you said that, decided to just switch to Gavin Wimsat so we'd have a different guy. But mm. I, I like Monagai this weekend. I think Wimsat used up all his voodoo last week. I don't know that he's got anything left. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hey, nothing, nothing wrong with us having a couple of the same guys. It's okay. Copy we chat. haven't gone. We haven't gone too far, so too much so far. Um, my next start is Eric Singleton Jr., wide receiver for Georgia Tech. Um, he is going up against Bowling Green this week. Uh, Bowling Green is a 24th, 24th worst team in the country in pass defensive pass explosiveness, ninth worst in defensive pass EPA per play. Uh, so they give up a lot of big explosive plays, and that's that plays right into Singleton's hands. He's a 19 ADOT on the year, um, and he's scored in all four games so far this year. I expect that trend to continue. I think he's just going to absolutely shred Bowling Green. I'm starting Kobe Hudson this week, the UCF wide receiver. Um, he hasn't been the most targeted guy in the country, but he's consistently gotten you know five, six, seven-ish uh, targets. His ADOT is over 15, so the, again, these are kind of high uh, value targets. Um, and with Timmy McLean in over the past couple weeks, he's gone six for 147 and then five for 138 and two. McLean seems to really like him. Not that uh, JRP didn't, um, but they've been a pretty good connection over the past couple weeks. And Baylor um, has been given up a pretty solid, uh, they're, they're not like, you know, uh, amongst the worst in the country, but their, their passing defense has been like pretty middling. I expect UCF to kind of 
slice and dice them through the air. That's uh, kind of what uh, Texas did to them last week. Yeah, I also have Kobe Hudson. Oh. This is my last one. Okay, who's my last one here? Uh, Braden Fowler, Nicolosi. I really like him this okay. week, Colorado State's quarterback against uh, Utah Tech. Okay. No, I like that too. Um, yeah, so my starts here, um, Penny Boone running back Toledo, Jalen Buckley running back Western Michigan, Malik Washington wide receiver Virginia, McKay Hillstead quarterback Utah State, Mikey Keene quarterback Fresno State, Jaquan Jackson, wide receiver Tulane, Marshawn Lloyd, running back USC, Kyle Monangai, running back Rutgers, Eric Singleton Jr., wide receiver Georgia Tech, and Kobe Hudson, wide receiver UCF. And I'm starting Penny Boone, uh, running back Toledo, Marquez Cooper, running back Ball State, Chandler Rogers, quarterback North Texas, Jacob Zeno, quarterback UAB, Mikey Keene, quarterback Fresno State, Isaac Rex, tight end BYU, Austin Jones, running back USC, Kyle Monengai, running back uh, uh, Rutgers, Kobe Hudson, wide receiver UCF, and Braden Fowler, Nicolosi, quarterback uh, um, Colorado State. Into the sits. Um, Damian Martinez, sitting him this week against Utah. Utah, fourth ranked in the country uh, against the Rush. They've been, uh, and they've faced some pretty good competition too. Um, so I'm sitting Martinez this week. Yep. He was the first name on my list. Um, first name that I went with on this one too, mostly cause like when I was looking at the schedule, it was a Friday game, but, uh, um, yeah, that's, that's also, I pull up the schedule. It's like my first pass through <laughs> yep. and I look and see all the games and, and yep. what's, what's cooking. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but with Damian Martinez, one other thing I just want to note this year is that he has one touchdown and DJU has five rushing touchdowns. Um, so DJU has been hampering Martinez's touchdown ceiling. Uh, are you starting or are you sitting LJ Martin Vicinci? I am not. We said start him or I said sit him last week. I don't remember if both of us said it or not. Um, since he is actually only giving up 107 rush yards per game, they just held Oklahoma to 103 yards on the ground. They are a little more susceptible through the air. So like I mentioned with Rex earlier, I think this is a little more of a passing game, uh, kind of week for them and a little less of a rushing, uh, game for them this week. So, uh, LJ Martin, uh, I am sitting Riley Leonard quarterback Duke this week. They get Notre Dame, um, Notre Dame is fifth in defensive pass success rate, 14th in defensive pass EPA per play, uh, and 23rd in defensive rush success rate. So they are uh, a good pass defense. Riley Leonard does have the um, ability on the ground, but they're also a pretty good rush defense too. Uh, we just saw them hold Ohio State to is that 17 points. Um, I think they can do the same to Duke here. I'm sitting Riley Leonard. Yeah, I'm sitting uh, Jordan Waters, his teammate. Um, we we both said start him last week. I think mm-hmm. I did at least. And yeah, I did. He got pretty close. Um, yep. Even though he didn't. It was have like 16, the I think. Yeah, something like that. So uh, 16.8, I think, is what I had him at. Yeah, um, so right. didn't didn't quite get there. He's been pretty consistent, but I I'm not starting him in this one. Which really, Ohio State didn't really run the ball that effectively outside of that Trayvon Henderson run that he busted, mm-hmm. and that's not really waters game overall yeah um i am also sitting the quarterback on the other side of that duke matchup i'm sitting sam hartman this week um he had 10 points 
last week against uh, Ohio State in like their first real test of the year. Most of his production for fantasy purposes have come from in the touchdown department. They've just been shredding teams and he's been hyper efficient. Um, but with Duke and the mighting, the fighting Mike Elko's here, uh, they are the best team in the country in defensive pass explosiveness. They're fourth in the country in defensive pass EPA per play and 35th in defensive pass success rate. So I think they're going to hold Sam Hartman in check in this one. Um, it's going to probably be more of a ground to pound game from Notre Dame. So I'm sitting Sam Hartman. I am sitting CJ Donaldson this week against TCU. Um, I don't think he's had a, a start week yet. Like uh, if you had said start him in any of our, our shows, I don't think he's gone over 17 and a half points. Um, so. And uh, TCU actually sneakily now granted TCU. I think this number is a little misleading because they haven't played um, a ton of particularly good rush offenses, but they are 17th in the country uh, in rush defense right now. So um, been, been pretty stout. And I think this game is going to be a little more high paced and a little more. Uh, they're going to need to throw the ball a little bit to keep up. So um, I- I'm sitting CJ Donaldson. Okay. I am sitting LaDamian Webb uh, running back for South Alabama. Uh, they get James Madison this week. And like I highlighted a couple times before in this segment, James Madison, James Madison is a pass funnel defense. They are the second best team in the country in defensive rush success rate. They are uh, in the top 25 in all defensive rush uh, metrics, all major defensive rush metrics that I look at. So uh, this is just not the matchup to play him this week. Um, I, I like Damian Webb as a player overall, but I'm sitting him this week. I'm also sitting Webb this week. Okay. Uh, I'm sitting Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M versus Arkansas. Uh Last week, he went three, four, 50, and one, which would have broke the threshold that we have here for sits. But um, with Max Johnson starting a quarterback, Connor Wigman out for two to four weeks, I just don't trust Evan Stewart. Um, he might put up a similar line, like three for 50 and one, uh, and make me look silly. But I'm going to take it on the chin for you guys. Don't start Evan Stewart this week. Yeah, I I actually considered him for both start and sit like as like don't be afraid and i was like well max johnson but maybe you should be afraid yeah so in the end i didn't put him down for either um here's one that i think is either gonna look genius or crazy i'm sitting Shadur sanders this week i know a lot has been made of uh usc's defense not being very good i also think for uh playing any sort of defense against this Colorado unit, it doesn't really matter. Like, I think there's, there's a very specific kind of defense that is like more than fine. And it's just like, if you're extremely athletic, if you can rush with three or four athletes getting after the quarterback, which is USC can do, then you can make their life difficult. Even if you're not, you know, sound defensively as a unit, I think that this is going to look very similar to this week's game against Oregon. And yeah, I think Oregon's defense is a little bit better, but USC's offense, I think, is significantly better. So I um, I think uh, Shador, you know, maybe gets a little bit of garbage time stuff and that could end up biting me on this one, but I, I'm not starting him this week. I don't feel, feel good about that. Okay. Uh, I am sitting Garrett Schrader, quarterback for Syracuse. Uh, they go up against Clemson this week. 
Uh, it took Garrett Schrader a little bit of time to get going against Army last week, uh, whereas Clemson 13th in the country in defensive rush success rate, which has been where Garrett Schrader's entire production has been coming from. Uh, so I am sitting Garrett Schrader this week. I'm sitting the quarterback on the opposite side of that game. I'm sitting Kate Klubnick this week. And it's not that Syracuse is like, you know, something amazing uh, defensively, but Klubnick has not been particularly great um, passing the ball this year. You know, only six yards uh, per attempt. He's got a really, really bad uh, ADOT. His ADOT is 6.2. Ridiculously bad. Um, you know, over 250 yards twice on the season. And one of those was against Charleston Southern. Um, just like flat out has not been very effective this year overall. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's definitely red alert time on Kate Klubnik. Uh, and I'm not starting him this week. And with, you know, potentially no Antonio Williams. I mean, it's just, it's not, not great out there right now. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. Uh, I'm sitting uh, Raymond Davis, Ray Davis, running back Kentucky this week. They get Florida this week. Florida is actually the best team in the country in defensive rush success rate. Um, and that's going up against a T, uh, Tennessee team that runs the ball effectively and going up against Utah as well. Um, so I think this game is just going to be really low scoring. I was also going to say to sit the Florida running backs here, but I, the more I thought about it, I was like, you probably weren't starting them anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's not really going out on a limb or anything, but I will sit Ray Davis this week. Yeah, I actually am also sitting Ray Davis um, for pretty much the, the reasons you named. And really he wasn't, and he had like kind of a long run last week. And then other than that, wasn't terribly effective either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I am also sitting Devin Neal. Running back. Oh, come on. <laughs> Devin Neal running back for Kansas. They get Texas this week, and Texas is 11th in uh, defensive rush success rate um, yep. in the country. So it's a very good rush defense. Yep. Same. Damn. Um, all right. Well, I am also. So it's back to me again, right? Yep. Uh, I'm also sitting uh, Harold Fannin this week. Um, he is a guy that I was really counting on as a tight end. I have him in a number of different places. Uh, but outside of the one uh, game where against Eastern Illinois, where he had eight targets, uh, he hasn't really even had the target share that we've been looking for this year. Five and two, um, six points and 3.6 points in those other two matchups against uh, FBS opponents. Uh, I kind of need to see it out of this uh, Bowling Green offense first. So that pains me, but I am sitting uh, Harold Fannin. Uh, my last sit, I'm sitting J.J. McCarthy. Um, statistically hasn't been terribly impressive this year, and part of it's because they just uh, are able to uh, take their foot off the gas pedal uh, pretty early in games. Um, Nebraska actually kind of has a decent pass defense overall and they're playing a little more of a uh ball control slow the pace down type of game over the past couple weeks uh with the new quarterback in there so not entirely sure uh exactly how many possessions michigan's going to get anyway um so i this is the this is, you know 
a volume slash just like how aggressive is this offense going to be playing? I, I think the answer is, you know, not favorable for either. All right. And my last sit is Jaquavis Marks, uh, running back for Mississippi State. Uh, he started off the year really hot. 34 fantasy points, 25 fantasy points, 19 carries, 24 carries, back-to-back games over 120 yards. Uh, the last two weeks, though, eight carries uh, against LSU, 12 carries against South Carolina for eight and 15 fantasy points. The receiving work does help him. Um, but they get Alabama this week, and we saw Alabama come out um, last week. They were pissed off. They held a pretty potent uh, old Miss passing attack to 10 points, and I think that they're going to they, – they might blank uh, Mississippi State, honestly. So I'm sitting Jaquavis Marks. All right. Um, we'll, we'll say our 10, and then we'll get out of here, Colin. I'm sitting Damian Martinez, running back Oregon State. LJ Martin running back BYU, Jordan Waters running back uh, Duke, sitting a lot of running backs this week. CJ Donaldson running back West Virginia, LaDamian Webb running back South Alabama, Ray Davis running back uh, 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 Kentucky, Devin Neal running back uh, Kansas, Shador Sanders quarterback Colorado, Kate Klubnick quarterback uh, Clemson, and uh, JJ McCarthy quarterback Michigan. I am sitting Damian Martinez, running back, Oregon State, uh, Riley Leonard, quarterback, Duke, Sam Hartman, quarterback, Notre Dame, LaDamian Webb, running back, South Alabama, Evan Stewart, wide receiver, Texas A&M, Garrett Schrader, quarterback, Syracuse, Ray Davis, quarterback, running back, Kentucky, Devin Neal, running back, Kansas, Harold Fannin, tight end, Bowling Green, and Jaquavis Marks, running back for Mississippi State. And did we say it was 7.5 for sits for the tight end? I think. Uh, sure. Why not? Sounds great. Roughly, I think. I don't sure. remember. Sounds good. Okay. Cool. It probably it should be 10 because it's like 17 10. and a half, 12 and a half for start sit for regular sit positions, and it's 15 for start for tight end. So it should probably be okay. 10. Like basically. 10? Yeah. That's good. Give me an extra two and a half points. I won't turn them down. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show, guys. Make sure, again, you're checking into everything else we have over at campus2canton.com or here on the podcast feed or even over on the YouTube channel. Check that out, Campus2Canton. Uh, Colin, are you on uh, tailgate this week with me? I am. Oh, I am. okay. So there we go. So you'll get mm-hmm. to hear Colin and I again on Saturday morning live. Yep. Uh, if you check in there, we'll be hanging out. Uh, we will catch you guys uh, next week here on Campus Life. Until then, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.